Welcome to our Monday Night Memories, brought to, uh, to you by our friends at Chariot Auto Group and uh, Nate Barrett and company. We appreciate them. Guys, uh, this is a treat for me in a difficult situation. We're obviously remembering, remembering the life of a Boilermaker legend and uh, one of the great people, Tim, Tim Foley, who passed away back on September 24th. Um, an All-American for Purdue, but uh, from every account, a, a, a better, as good a teammate, if not better teammate than he was player and a better person. And I, we've got some guys on, on, on this Zoom call today that remember him well, played with him, uh, and uh, have many of hope, have had an opportunity to follow his career and his life uh, from Purdue forward. So I'm going to start a starter. I'm kind of kind of trying to make sure I introduce everybody as we go. Um, and I'm going to start even because Bob, you're on the phone, but I but I'm, we're going to start with you and Bob Dillingham. Bob graduated in 68 or his last season of eligibility was 68. He would have graduated in 69. Um, but Bob was it was a was an end and famous for many things. Uh, he was my management 100 professor. We'll talk about that, but, but, but also of his great game against Notre Dame in 1968. I think it was a Purdue record 11 receptions. And Bob, uh, I, I talked talk to you offline on this, but uh, uh, just one of the, you know, you you had recorded something back in the days of Management 100, where that was it was an interview with Tim Foley, not long if at all when he graduated from Purdue, and of course your days at the Cranert School. But talk about just the kind of guy that Tim was, and what and what you remember, and also maybe a little bit about that video that I think, as I recall, was really a thank you to his parents. Well, he always talked uh, fondly about his parents and. Um, you know, he's an adopted kid. Yeah. And um, I don't I don't think he's actually a born entrepreneur, but his father was an entrepreneur. And I think he picked up a lot of that from from his dad. But just about any time he talks about um, who he was and how he got to be um, doing what he's doing. He gave Mayor and his dad a lot of credit. Uh, called his mom Mayor, uh, short for Mary, obviously. Um, I remember Tim. Uh, we we recruited him to the Fiji House. Um, no comments from the Delt guys, and please. <laughs> um, but um, he ended up being president of the house. I mean that that says a lot about anybody. And and uh, I I he's a compassionate entrepreneur uh, if you can ever sum up somebody in two words but uh, bigger than life and I'll never forget uh, so many interactions so much fun um, actually Tim was uh, an usher in our wedding um, back in 1968 uh, got married right before our senior year but um, gosh I mean it just flows, but I certainly remember the first time I saw Tim after he his illness got a hold of him. It just broke my heart. I mean, you could just see so many differences, and, and uh, that's a um, awfully mean situation to be uh, serving your last years. But um, you know, just too many work, too many things to. Uh, to, to say about him, um, and and I, I'm glad to hear your guys' voices, and 
it feels really good to be in the huddle. Yeah. Oh, well, well said. And I think we think Mike Phipps may be joining us, which is a good thing. But Don Keeper, I'll go to you. Sure. Uh, obviously, a quarterback, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, uh, number ten in your number one in your hearts, number ten with his jersey. That was the <laughs> lowest number you could have in those days. But talk about you know again, you you had an entrepreneurial career as well and still are having it, I think. But uh, talk about uh, your relationship with Tim and what that was like and what what uh, lessons you learned from having uh, having experienced with Tim Fuller. Well, maybe I'll start with a little bit of a somber note because I, um, I, I live in Florida now and I would go up and visit Tim. And the last couple of times I visited him, uh, the decline was dramatic and... Um, and it was sad. I sat, sat on his deck for three hours and he couldn't speak. He couldn't put words together, but he would probably understand 10% of what I was saying. And, um, but instead of talking about Dallas as a football player, you know, I like to talk about Tim as a man. Um, I was fortunate to have Tim as a roommate at the Pigeon House a couple of years. And so I knew him pretty well. Tim was of all the people I've ever met in my life. He was the most inspirational person I've ever met. He was full of God's love, and he shined a light. I think we have a lot of. I don't yeah, know. Hey, Bob. I, Bob, I don't know if you can mute your phone. Uh, I think it's that noise is coming from you, potentially. That's better. Yeah. There you go. Good. So I was just going to say. I'm he, at the he, golf course. Sorry. That's all right. Just mute, just put it on mute and I'll call you. I'll, yeah, there you go. I got you on mute now, I think. So go ahead. Don. I was just saying, uh, I want to talk about him as a man. I mean, he was the most inspirational person I've ever met. Uh, he was full of God's love and he shined a light full of that love to everyone he met. He always tried to make everyone he met feel better. And that's why he was so successful at, um, at Amway you know, and being one of the top salespeople at Amway. Now, as a teammate, Tim was passionate, persistent, highly committed. He worked unbelievably hard. I remember we used to take a drive, go on a trip to Wisconsin to the Dairyman's Country Club, and he'd make us pull over so he could run 10 miles on the way up there. I mean, he worked so hard at being the best. And he excelled in leadership, and and I always thought of him as a leader, more through action than by words. You know, he played cornerback viciously. He turned in every every sweep, and he loved to hit. Actually, when he came to Purdue, he was a quarterback. Yeah, he was, was good to be a quarterback. Yeah, but he ran the um, the option at Loyola, and clearly Purdue was not an option based team. Um, so simply stated, you know, Tim to me was one of a kind and I've never met anybody like him and his, uh, legacy is, is in a lot of people that he's touched. No doubt about it. Yeah. You know, you look at that, uh, legacy and, uh, you look at that. He was the, at least again, from a, a, a great schooler's perspective, he was the coolest guy out there. He had those white, like I told Jim Bonk this, this weekend had the, <laughs> I think he's one of the first guys to tape his shoes with white. That's probably not true. Maybe it was the first one we noticed. He was 
he certainly was a had a face for Hollywood from that standpoint. But Marion Griffin, I'll go to you. Just I don't know what what was he and, and Don talked about what was he like on the practice field? And what were your experiences with him? And Marion, I was a tight end and was a and played two years with Tim. He, he, his last year of eligibility was 1968. So Marion, go ahead. Well, uh, Tim and I had connections because we were both from uh, the Chicago area. Yeah. Uh, he played uh, in the Catholic League, and I played in the City League. And we always had a rivalry uh, between the City and the Catholic League. And we always thought that they 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 were uh, treated a little special yeah. in comparison to uh, the City uh, kids. But uh, Tim, uh, when he came down to Purdue, um, you know, we... Um, uh, kind of uh, had things to talk about in regards to uh, our playing time uh, there in Chicago and so forth. Because we, we had a lot of guys from uh, uh, the Catholic uh, League that uh, came down uh, from uh, the Chicago area. And uh, as you said, uh, uh, Tim always had a swagger about himself, you know. Yeah. You know, you said he was cool, Yeah. And uh, he had a face for Hollywood. Yeah. You, you wouldn't think uh, a guy that uh, was uh, as handsome as he was and as cool as he was, w was really a tough football player. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at Tim and, you know, and he always had that smile. You know, he would uh, come there and then he'd turn that smile on and, and, and laugh, you know. But as you said, you know, he would, uh, I think as uh, uh, Bob was saying that uh, he would come up and and hit these guys, you know, and uh, he had no fear, you know. And but uh, I always wondered. I said, uh, "How can Hollywood be out here playing football?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, always admired him when he was playing with the Dolphins. You know, he was down there with Greasy, and uh, you know they. Uh, Set that uh, record, you know, for undefeated, uh, only undefeated NFL team. So, you know, still uh, are right. Since that ended yesterday, too, it's going to be another year. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, admired uh, him uh, in his playing days, and I could tell people, you know, well, there's, there's two Purdue, you know, up here, you know, uh, Purdue doesn't get too much respect. <laughs> <laughs> Up here in Michigan, it's, it's U of M, Michigan State, you know, but uh, you play for Purdue, well, where is Purdue, you know? <laughs> but uh, I could point to, you know, uh, uh, players that uh, uh, that excelled, that came out of Purdue, and, and a lot of them didn't realize it. They don't realize it, you know? So, yeah, uh, I uh, uh, admired uh, the accomplishments of 10. And uh, I wish him and his family all well. Yeah, no question. Denny Serbies, you were a, a backfield mate with him. Just again, you would have been a senior when he was a sophomore, his sophomore year. Talk about, uh, and and Denny from Cleveland, Ohio. And and I think he wore jersey number 22, which we always thought also was a cool number. But uh, talk about that in terms of, in terms of, was there mentorship going on? Did you have to... 
did you have to get him in line? How did, did you have to line him up, so to speak? Uh, what was that like in that, in that 1967 uh, Big Ten championship uh, season for your team? Well, it's interesting how it started. Uh, of course, we won the Rose Bowl in 67 after the 66 season. And Leroy Keyes was one cornerback and I was the other. And before the 67 season at spring practice, uh, Bernie Miller called me in and called Leroy in and said, uh, one of you guys are going to move to offense because uh, we got this young guy, Tim Foley, that's coming in as a sophomore. And of course, you couldn't play as a freshman back then. So the, this would have been Tim's first varsity year. And Tim's going to be one of the cornerbacks and we need some help on offense. So we're going to have one of you guys move to offense. And Leroy edged me out in that battle and uh, <laughs> on offense for the 67 season. Should have won the Heisman Trophy, but uh, got got edged out politically, I think. But anyway, uh, Tim was the starting corner on one side, and I was the starting corner on the other. Uh, the second game we played was against Notre Dame, and uh, Terry Hanratty was the quarterback, and they had Jim Seymour. And, of course, we ended up winning that game 28-21. And the handwriting threw 63 passes in that one game. And a reporter after the game uh, asked me about it and said, you know, how are you guys able to pull this off with two first-year defensive backs, Tim Foley and Don Webster in the backfield? And, uh, you know, they're, they're inexperienced. And I said, after playing in a game with 63 passes, nobody's inexperienced. Yeah. <laughs> probably more, more passes than a lot of Big Ten teams threw in a season back then. So uh, it was quite a, a an outcoming, I guess, for those two guys, and for Tim particularly. I think he intercepted a pass in that game, and so did Don. And, uh, of course, we went on from there and, and ended up uh, winning the Big Ten championship and uh, having a great season. And, and, and certainly, Tim, when you talk about mentorship, uh, there wasn't a whole lot I could teach Tim Foley. He was uh, just a naturally gifted athlete, did everything well, uh, we used to laugh a lot about Bernie Miller's coaching techniques. Uh, <laughs> yeah. his, his famous expression was shitbird. And if you did something wrong, you know, usually you save that term for the opposing players. But if you did something wrong, you were a shitbird. So, you know, <laughs> that was the way it worked. But uh, I felt fortunate to be able to play. I started two years. And uh, one year, the opposite cornerback was Leroy Keyes. And the second year, the opposite cornerback was Tim Foley. So uh, I was in great company those those two years. And uh, again, uh, a great season, a great time. And, and those two guys and, and others, uh, Mike Phipps, of course, who was a sophomore as well, uh, that was his first year as a varsity player. And uh, we had a tr tremendous offense that year and a, a tremendous defense. So we, we really had a great team. Yeah, it, uh, that's pretty good company to have those two uh, with with Leroy Keys and then to, to – uh, to Tim Foley and, and your defensive backfield. So I think the Hanratty 63 passes stood for a number of years for over almost 20 years. I think Jack Trudeau broke it. And then, and then Dwayne Haskins broke that record within uh, the famous Tyler Trent game here five years ago that Purdue yeah. won. Uh, all right, I'm gonna, Jim Bonk, uh, you're a tough offensive lineman. And again, you were two years a senior and you have done a lot over the years to keep the band together, so to speak, in terms of keep cultivating relationships. This is a pretty social group anyway, from my estimation over the years. But talk about that, that role, uh, that experience with Tim and what that was like. 
and, and also just that that legacy that Jack Molenkoff brought to uh, to all you guys and your and, and and the success that this program had during the '60s. You know, you think about the only school I think still in history to be have four podium finishes in the Heisman Trophy between Leroy Keys, Mike Phipps, and Bob Greasy. Uh, pretty impressive, uh, rarefied air for Purdue football. Uh, thanks, Alan. It sure was. And as Dennis uh, said, we were classmates, so we were we were the old men on the team. We were both seniors, and uh, you know we didn't know what to expect because you go to the Rose Bowl the previous year. The rules back then didn't allow a repeat, so we were like, "Were we playing? Not what are we playing for?" But you know, the, there were only four bowl games, and of course, we were not eligible for any of them. And being an offensive lineman on the left side of the ball, I, my main job was to keep guys like Mike or previously Greasy's. I used to say get their, keep their pants from getting grass stained. So that was, uh, you know, we didn't get a lot of recognition, but you got a lot of uh, pride in that whole situation. But so I didn't get to know Tim as much on the field other than I'm glad he kept the other opposing teams from scoring too much. So, uh, but we got to know each other in other ways, uh, as Don said, uh, on, on, in Craner school that we all attended, a number of us were at that time. And also in you know, our, our friends and, and socially at the, the fraternity level, but as a player, he was no question. He was a, a great athlete, and one of a line of I think at that time, a, a lot of great players that played during Coach Molenkoff's era, and all of us had that you know, that benefit of being around at that time. And as I said, uh, he was uh, just a, an individual as a, a great person. I, I I remember one time we're out. We used to go out on, the night before out there with Morris Bryant and stay out there at the yeah. motel, and. Uh, and I guess Tim might have gone to Jack. I don't know this for sure, but uh, Donnie, you may know. He uh, apparently we used to have the, the priest from the the Newman Center would come out on on Saturday on Saturday morning before the game and and say mass for those of Catholics who wanted to go to church. And uh, and so I, uh, I didn't go to Catholic school. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, where Dennis was from. So I'm we're a bunch of steel maker town. But the <laughs> point is, he he would he would be the altar boy. He would help the priest uh, during uh, mass services for those Catholics that were at church and. It's just the nature of how he was. He was just uh, that kind of an individual. But uh, again, as a leader on the team, you know, we were seniors and have a sophomore of his level uh, come in and compete and, and, and perform like he did with uh, two veterans. Dennis forgot to mention another teammate, Bob Corby, another yeah. one who lost uh, recently, who was the other D-back when they put Leroy on offense. And I'll be honest, uh, Griff, you can to testify. This was so great to have Leroy. It's an honor to block for a guy like he and Perry Williams because made our job easier of course you were a receiver but my, my job was having my hand in the dirt in the dirt all the time as they say now but uh, uh it made us uh, look pretty good when those guys got the ball uh, the last thing you mentioned was about the era during jack molenkoff's time i think we all benefited from that experience we all talked about how not only did we have a great football experience during those years and we were blessed to have with the rose bowl team and the big 10 championship team but uh, also the fact that this group here has great character as well as great experience in life being successful. I mean, every one of these guys on this call has had great success in life as well as in the, on the football field. And that, to me, was the real benchmark by which uh, Purdue at that time, and hopefully it comes back to that, that, these young men that come here are here for that reason. They have a successful life after Purdue. So uh, and that being said, I'll turn it back to you, Alan. Thank you. Yeah, I think that your group is a, uh, the personification, certainly, of that. Uh, all of you as a collective of the success that you've enjoyed as individuals and the difference that you've made. 
Bob Dillingham, I'll go back to to I don't know what to, how many how many discussions you'd had with Tim over the years, and uh, but with the opportunity um, to be uh, to be uh, you know in in a situation where, and I'm going to see if you can unmute. I'm not a hundred percent sure you're going to be able to, but uh, Bob, if you're there and you can unmute, go ahead. And if not, we'll go on to the, you know what I'm while these while I'm working on on Bob, I'll go back to Don Don Keeper. Just you know, you talk about the difficulty, and you guys all you know have had to deal with that that concern of CTE or and, and things that could cause cause problems just by the way the game was played and and the way it's still played. You know, folks, you got folks have to always worry about uh, uh, that and that role. But talk about I don't do you have any experience with Tim of how you know, as he was going through the process, um, you know, what, uh, you know, how things, not necessarily how things changed, but how did he, how did he face that and know that knowing where, where he was and, and what he had to deal with? You know, Tim um, would come back for some games and every year I would see him, it was progressively getting worse. And it started with short-term memory loss and then a form of dementia and then it kept getting worse and worse. And I remember when Pamela, who was his partner, who basically partner for life. I mean, she's an amazing person that became his uh, partner 15 years ago. Yeah. And he was supposed to go down on the field. This one I knew it was really significant, the problem. And she said to me, will you take Tim down to the field? Because he won't remember how to get back here. Yeah. So that's when I kind of knew that it was really had deteriorated and Tim Tim played quarter cornerback. I mean, he, he was an all pro cornerback. I mean, seriously. And the what he did, his trademark was he would come up so hard and take on those guards running those sweeps and he'd use his head, I'm sure. And you know, when you play football in the pros that long and you're using your head, this is where CTE comes from. And um, it's just sad because he contributed so much to so many people. I mean, his his evangelistic approach to Amway yeah. was worldwide. I mean, worldwide. He opened up Europe. He opened up South America. He had his own plane. He would go and meet with people in their homes. And, and there was no one better at doing that inspirational work than Timmy. And um, he was he was humble, too very very humble it was never about tim i remember he gave um, the commencement speech for our senior year and there was not a dry eye in the house because he talked about being adopted and how difficult it was for him to tell chief and big mayor how much he loved them yeah and he uh gave an amazing speech and then then i hired him once i was running a company to be the motivational speaker at a sales meeting and he came in and just knocked the ball out of the park. And, I, you know, we had 80% women in there and they all wanted to know if he was a man. <laughs> yeah. One of them said, I don't really care. But, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, Tim, I said one of a kind and I miss him already. Um, you know, I feel like his spirit is in me and, um, and I'm glad we're going to do a celebration of life uh, thing up in um, St. Augustine coming up. But um, yeah, he would be sorely missed, sorely missed. 
And I know Mike Phipps, who I, I think we're having a hard time connecting. I know Mike was also involved with 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 seeing him in his last in his last days as well. As and I don't know, Don, if you can speak to that at all. And I know that you can't necessarily speak for Mike, but I don't know what that uh, whether there was any crossover for you guys in, in terms of experiences. Mike and I went up to visit him, and I'm so glad I did because literally it was maybe a month before he passed on. And, um, and he was, um, couldn't speak, he had aphasia and, you know, Pam had to take care of his feeding and, you know, it was just, you could see that there wasn't, there weren't many days left. And, but nevertheless, when he sat on the deck and we talked about old war stories, <laughs> you could still see that smile. And Tim had like an award-winning smile. I mean, you never forget it. And his eyes Listen, so you knew you were connecting a little bit, but he um, he lived a full life and he did a lot of philanthropic work, too. I mean, humanity, uh, where he built homes down in Guatemala, I, he got some big award for going down and building like 40 homes. And he was there. He was digging, digging in the dirt. And um, so he's um, he's just one of a kind. I mean, I, I um, he's a true icon. Not only as a football player at Purdue, but as a human being, importantly. Yeah, we'll link that. Uh, I sent you guys, texted you all that. Uh, there was the Amway um, video that was made for him when he won their award. But I think it was back in 2016. Uh, yeah. And we'll also link that to, to this Zoom and podcast. Marion Griffin, you know, obviously you had your your time as a, 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 a that Chicago connection is an interesting one because there's so much of that, especially from your days as players. Uh, and that unique bond, I guess, in some ways, uh, yeah, you had to put your, you had to, uh, Jim, Jim Bonk saying that you didn't have to block. I, all I remember is you being known as being one of the best blocking tight ends in the Big Ten. So I know, I know he wasn't minimizing. So, so but, <laughs> I'm giving Jim a hard time. But talk about not only the Chicago bond, but uh, that importance of that pipeline of really good players. I mean, obviously, even later on, uh, Keener Turner came from vocational tech and of course uh, Otis Armstrong and Daryl Stingley from, from their area and many many more uh, uh, from there but talk about that uh, pipeline and how how you guys all you know there had to be some common thread of getting interested in Purdue University uh, playing in the in, as a schoolboy in Chicago well uh, uh, when we were playing in Chicago um, and uh, we um, see uh, uh, articles uh, whereby uh, uh, they were covering uh, certain outstanding players uh, uh, coming out of the Catholic League and so forth. Yeah. It was kind of uh, interesting because uh, to, to arrive there at Purdue and meet some of these guys that you kind of uh, uh, read about and played against because uh, they, they would have the Chicago Prep Bowl, which you, you would have the uh, uh, Catholic, uh, the championship, uh, champion uh, uh, ship for the city based on uh, the, the champion for the Catholic League and the champion for the city league. And uh, <laughs> We would always go down there and get blown out by the, 
the Catholic teams. <laughs> and uh, it was it was kind of a, a you know a unique to uh, arrive there in at Purdue and meet some of those guys, you know, and talk to them about things uh, that occurred there when we were playing. And uh, when you uh, uh, have uh, what they say, a homeboy, you get, (laughs) that's my homeboy there, you know? Yeah. yeah. uh, So we had had that kind of connection, you know, and uh, as uh, Don would say, he has an he had that infectious smile, you know, you know, and he had that swagger where you kind of, you know, uh, when you met the guy, you couldn't help but like the guy. <laughs> and uh, even even if he was from the Catholic League, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, the uh, when he came and uh, stepped in as a cornerback, uh, you know, and. Uh, uh, play outstanding for us. Um, you kind of uh, appreciate it, you know. You know, that's my homeboy. You know, and there was times, you know, uh, uh, do you need a ride back to Chicago? You know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, and uh, uh, you can catch a ride back. So uh, that was uh, the other kind of connection we had. But uh, uh, we didn't uh, after you know I. Uh, uh, left Purdue, I I did not uh, have that uh, connection with uh, Tim, except for uh, like what we now have, you know, uh, uh, maybe a homecoming or, yeah. uh, or invited back, uh, you know, for some sort of a special event or something like that. But uh, uh, I, I, I can understand uh, what uh, 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 the hawk is saying about uh, 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 Tim, and uh, it, it's nice that they had that personal relationship. Yeah, no doubt. And the hawk, by the way, for those of you, is Don Keepert. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> those of you that are keeping score or watching closely. But we could we could have changed your name there, Don, to to that. I always thought that uh, that was a cool nickname. Danny, you, you look at this, and and I, I I don't know if any of you can speak to one thing I didn't know about Tim. Tim Foley is that he was a singer and could and, and he actually produced an I don't know if he produced an album or some level of a single any of you guys I'll start with, you know Danny I don't know if you were aware of that or if you ever saw saw that in the locker room probably as a sophomore in the locker room he wasn't courageous enough to start <laughs> singing in front of the seniors I'm guessing but tell me about uh, any any if if not that what's a Tim's What's the thing that uh, about Tim Foley that you might know or somebody that needs to be told from your perspective? Well, I think most of us was I did not know he was a singer. And, and I think back in the 60s, nobody had the guts to sing in the locker room. His hit was in 1979, I believe. And that was a hit. He he produced an album. That's all I, I read that. I didn't know it either. But go ahead. I don't think guys sang in the 60s in the locker room. That's just <laughs> in any event, uh, I did not know that about Tim. But as everyone said, there's so many examples of, of Tim being just a gracious person and a person that just went out of his way to do things for others. I'll, I'll give one example of that. Uh, I'd gone to Vietnam and I'd gone back to Purdue to get my master's. I ended up in Detroit, Michigan, working for Ford Motor Company. And Tim was playing for the Dolphins and they were in town playing the, the uh, Detroit Lions. And I had talked to Tim on the phone before the game and I told him I was coming to the game and I was bringing my son. And uh, 
He said, well, you know, stop by and see me after the game. And I said, sure. So we went to the game and, and of course they beat the Lions and uh, went to the uh, outside, stood outside the locker room by the buses waiting for those guys to get dressed and to come out. And uh, Tim was one of the first guys out. He came right over to me and I introduced my son. And I think he was 10 years old at the time or maybe eight years old. Uh, in any event, uh, Tim says, come on, uh, we should come in the locker room. Bob Greasy came out at around the same time. So they took us both in the locker room and my son got to meet Larry Zaka and uh, <laughs> Little and, uh, you know, Bonacani and, and the whole team. And of course his jaw was, you know, down uh, as far as it could go in awe. And uh, he just was that kind of guy. Just took us around. We got to meet everybody and we talked to him a little bit and, and we went out and said goodbye and, and he went on his way, but it's not something he had to do. You know, we, we yeah. would have had a chance to chat outside and, you know, say, uh, say our, our things. And then he would have left and that would have been good, but uh, he took the time to take us in the locker room. So that it's just, again, another example of, of the way he was as a person. And uh, you know, nobody will forget that. Uh, my son still remembers it. Yeah. And as, Jim, and I'm going to go to you. Now, as we age, we all have to deal with our friends that, uh, uh, you know, or go on to the next life. And that's a hard thing when you lose Leroy Keys and you lose a, and, and you, and you lose uh, a John Charles of this group uh, as well. There's, there's many others and I don't mean to leave anyone out, but uh, Jim, just talk about that. And just in terms of the past, you know, it, it is, it's a bittersweet thing because there are so many great memories that you guys produced as players, even more as friends throughout the years, I'm guessing. But to talk about that uh, challenge, just to the fact, you know, this is this is a hard thing that, that to lose a guy, an, an icon like a Tim Foley, and certainly last in 2021, we're still all of us are still getting over that Leroy isn't still here. Uh, it's just a hard thing to even fathom. Uh, around and for those of us who are in West Lafayette and got to see him all the time, uh, that was always an extra extra uh, big thing for a special thing for us but talk about that and 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 just as as that uh, it's still uh you guys are icons in terms of what you've been able to accomplish over the years but uh, uh that's a that's a bittersweet thing in terms of looking ahead uh well, thank you alan uh you guys have all said such gracious things about him and i can only you know further support that but uh, in terms of what you're saying you know, we have, we've lost a lot of our great players. And you mentioned uh, JC at uh, John Charles and uh, Jimmy Byrne was one of our best friends. Uh, Dennis Servies and I were not only fraternity brothers, but we were yeah, all in the same class. Jim suffered, unfortunately, the same uh, dis disability that Tim went through with uh, CTE and, and, and dementia issues. And we lost him about what Jim, Dennis saw three years ago now. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate pattern for, for guys that are air, but in, and uh, there's others from our team that, we think have got Ed Flanagan, a couple years older than us, just passed away, and uh, we understand that he's donated his uh, himself or his body to to research. So it's a point from when we all played. But with regards to uh, the people passing and and and, and the teammates, God, it's, it's hard to you know uh, remember. There's so many guys that we are all friends with and socially. And I'm going to correct one thing: Marion did the block, and all I did was a tackle. Was just post the guy up. He was <laughs> If we were the room to get that 22 toss. Uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, but that being said, in, in all due respects, really, it was uh, a greatest time in our minds for Purdue football. We had such character, great players, and Tim was a classic example of that, probably 
the classic example. I mean, if there was ever an award for courage and leadership, it should be named the Tim Foley Award in all the respects. And uh, frankly, uh, I think that's something we should talk about because that era of guys, and, and not to diminish anything that's going on past our, our years, but that was a great group of people. There was a period of time when Purdue football was was on top and was respected, and 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 not only in the players, but the and to say uh, famously to the content of their character, and and that definitely was part of our trademark. So, thank you again, Alan, for doing this. It was a great time to get together with all these guys. Well, thank well you. said. All right, I'm going to give everybody at least one more shot down the room. Anything I've any any other last words uh, uh, that you'd like to like to to interject into this and, uh, and, and so thankful for your collective time this afternoon, but uh, Don Kiepert, I'll start with you. Alan, thank you for doing this. Cause uh, Tim's memory, we want to hold on to that. Yeah. And no question. I think you mentioned the team and, and Jimmy, Jimmy is uh, right on the mark. Jack recruited character. It wasn't always the best athlete, but it was the best character. And Tim had character off the charts and a lot of the other players were the same way and that was his formula for success and jack was uh you know for me playing football at purdue gave me so much so that i could launch my career and i'm so appreciative of that because the competitiveness working hard being on a team all of that stuff is what you need in business so i feel blessed to have been part of it i really do so well said marion well, uh, parting shots <laughs> well i appreciate uh hearing uh the personal side of uh tim yeah uh, which uh I, I i uh wasn't aware of and uh it makes me uh even more uh uh you know uh respect uh for the guy, giving me more respect for the guy, uh, for Tim, our teammate that was able to do some of these things. And uh, it, it's been, uh, you know, uh, a learning uh, or informational type of thing that uh, I, when I uh, think of Tim, uh, I can associate those things uh, uh, to him. So uh, appreciate uh, um, um, being able to uh, hear those uh, uh, compliments and things that he did uh, outside of football. I'm going to go to you in a second, Danny. We may have Mike Phipps on, at least with audio. Is that possible? Mike? You are. Yeah. All I'm right. We're not going to see your beautiful face, but we do want to hear you. Now, Don Keeper has taken everything you want to say. No, not, not at all. But, Mike, I, I mean, obviously, this has been an intensely – personal time uh, with the passing of Tim and we've had some great stories here and discussion, but I was going to give you the floor here to, to just talk about uh, your experience with him, but also uh, some of the difficulty of the, of the time uh, as, as uh, in the last few years, because you certainly were down there and close enough to him. Well, let me just, let me just end this by telling a couple of stories about Tim. Uh, I've known him for, True, 55 plus years. And Griff said he always had a smile on his face. Um, I think the two stories I'm about to tell you, uh, I saw the opposite on Tim. <laughs> he, he, had, he had a, I mean, from a personality standpoint, Tim was absolutely the best that you 
would ever want to run into. But the times that I had to to uh, be on the field, I was competing against him. Yeah. And we played uh, in 1972, the undefeated Dolphins. I was the quarterback for the Browns. We played them uh, in the Orange Bowl. Um, and because I had to go against him. And that was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do was, was to compete against him. And on one particular pass, we tried to go deep over Tim. And Frank Pitts was our wide receiver. I had Frank, I had Tim beat. Uh, as I recall, Frank had the, had the hands, had the hands on the, on the ball, but, but didn't pull it down. And Tim was already, he was in their end zone. And we were back on the 50-yard line. He ran from the end zone to probably within two feet of our huddle looking for me. And <laughs> he he had he had a stare, you know, it's like <laughs> a stare that he was he was really honked off of me, you know. And the only <laughs> thing I could do was I just kind of held up my hands and pointed to the sideline like Tim, they called the play, you know. I, I'm just I'm just trying to win the game out here. But I, I saw a different side of him. And, and one other story, if we have time, I don't know. If we have time. It's a, it's a Zoom cast, Mike. We got all day. Okay, okay all right. <laughs> now, uh, everybody, you can leave if you need to. Go ahead. Don't, no, go ahead. I don't. No. <laughs> uh, and, and this was a story probably that the Hawk hasn't even heard. But in the off seasons, uh, Carol and I would come down to uh, keep a skiing in Florida just to get away from the winters and um in Cleveland and Tim would always come out. We had a, a home on, on the, the island, keep us game. And Tim would all, Tim and Connie would always come out and spend some time with us. One particular day we got in Tim's sailboat and we were going to sail all the way around the island, which was, it was a long, it was a long trip. We were out there probably a good four or five hours and it was getting late we decided to come back we had to come back in so we were heading back towards the marina and we got in uh to the restricted area it was <laughs> the it was the uh south well president nixon had a his winter white house on on the island down there mm -hmm. and we happened to get into the to the restricted area and was like within i don't know seconds of us getting in that area three pt boats pulled up and surrounded our boat and they had their tommy guns out and it was serious <laughs> and the, the guys said well where in the hell you think you're going and i opened my mouth and said, well, anywhere the wind blows us. And, <laughs> and, and Tim looked at me. He says, Fitz, just shut up and let me talk. <laughs> so I got the first real good experience of Tim's ability to communicate. So within the next 10, 15 minutes, he actually talked them out of, of not arresting us <laughs> and letting us go. 
and we got towed out of the restricted area. <laughs> well, that that made the Amway stuff uh, <laughs> second nature. Then apparently, that was that was he, maybe that was he's he was obviously a natural at being able to do that. No, he was a great communicator, and you know, I'm just you know, I'm just having a good time with with some of the stories of that I experiences I shared with Tim. I mean, he was just he was one of a kind there was just nobody like him and uh you know um we definitely got to miss him but i have so many fond memories and that with him that that's what i'm gonna hold on to um i know tim is is uh in a better place right now i know he's in heaven uh i know i will see him again someday um because of my faith and it's not like we're saying goodbye forever. I really believe that um, we will be reunited again. And uh, in time, I look forward to that day. So. Well said, Mike. Uh, Denny and Jim, I'm going to start with you. Denny, any last words or closing comments from your end? No, I think, I think Mike Pipps just said it uh, as well as you could say it. Uh, we'll all be together again someday. And, uh, we've lost a lot of good people and uh, still got a lot of good people around. It's been great to be with, with Griff and Don and, and Mike for a short time and, and with Jim, uh, who I see more frequently. But uh, yeah, you know, Tim's in a better place and we'll all be together again someday and uh, talk about Bernie Miller and the Shitbirds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what though, Danny? The thing is, now I've got to change on YouTube. I've got to change the change the marking and say, "Do you use any?" No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if they can't take, if this doesn't get past YouTube mustard, I was gonna say you hear a lot worse on TV today. Oh yes, you do. Yes, you do, Jim. Yeah, I'll let you close it out. Ends. But thank you, Jim. Go ahead, Mike. You could get on board, and, and those are great stories and. uh We've had a great time. Alan, again, appreciate you putting this together and getting this group together and, and, and sharing these stories. We all had uh, very special memories of Tim. As I said, we were, Dennis and I were the older guys in the group, but uh, he came in as a sophomore and he was a leader, as I said earlier, and and, and, and demonstrated the kind of ability that uh, we all wish we could do sometimes in terms of being great football players, but more importantly, a better person. And uh and with that said, I'll say goodbye to all you guys. Hope to see you next year at Boilermaker Country. Let's uh, let's stay, stay in touch. And uh, God bless Tim. He is a wonderful person and in a good place. So take care, guys. Thank you, guys. Now, I think we're going to make it as a goal. It'll be the 60-year anniversary of the Purdue-Notre Dame because Purdue's going to start playing Notre Dame again every year, 2024 to 2029, I believe. They're going to have a murderer's row schedule, but I think 19 in year 2027, we'll see you all. We'll celebrate uh, that uh, momentous victory over the Irish. Of course, for, for uh, Mike Phipps, that would could happen in 2028 and 2029 and Don Keeper as well. One uh, of many. First Mike. guys to do it three straight years. <laughs> three years in a row, guys. With yeah, three, no three doubt. Row, beat them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Guys, thanks so much. It's been a true pleasure for me. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Thanks to Nate Barrett and Chariot Otter Group. 
Uh, Mike Phipps, uh, you stole the show by coming on late. We're glad that you were able to join us. We appreciate that too. And gentlemen, we'll hope to see you in West Lafayette before long. And uh, and good health and 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 also uh, again respect for the great life of Tim Foley. I'm really glad that we had a chance to to have some have some fun memories and some and some serious ones as well on on the life of Tim Foley. So thanks again, guys. Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Okay.